All right, everybody, another division crossover to get you ready for the upcoming NHL season. This time we have myself and Mr. Shaggy Van Doon from Locked On Avalanche and Ann Kimmel and Nick Morgan from Locked On Predators. I promise we won't talk about the sweep, but we're going to talk. Let's get to it. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I did. I, I promised and we would not talk about the playoffs. So that's the only time I'm going to mention it. I mentioned it twice already. And I, I apologize. <laughs> just, no just more. Keep it coming. Just keep we, it we've coming. moved on. We've moved on. We're all moving on. It's a new season. It's a new yeah. year. Uh, welcome aboard. Nick, were you going to say something about it? Uh, get get I, it I in now because it's over. Once. Yeah. I don't know what sweep you guys are talking about. <laughs> See, last exactly. I, re- last <laughs> I remember the Predators held on to a four nothing lead against the Coyotes and I can oh. I try to tune hockey out after that, but I can only assume good things happen yeah. from there on out. <laughs> uh, yep. uh, yeah, I think we've go ahead, Kyle. No, I, I was keep going with that. That that sounds good. Yes, yeah. yeah. Everything we, everything ended just fine. I, yeah. Out of sight, yeah. out of mind. We've all forgotten it. Yeah, uh, thank you for tuning in, and making this your first listen of the day, everybody. That is always appreciated. Uh, we'll throw out our socials. Ours uh, locked on Avalanche, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, locked on Avalanche Instagram, uh, locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. You can send questions, comments, concerns, and opinions in our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to that and uh, hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. You guys have your own socials. Why don't you throw those out as well? We do. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. Also, watch our YouTube channel. Uh, locked yes. on predators on youtube just like you guys we Absolutely. got fresh episodes for you five days a week now that we're in the swing of hockey season so come check us out yeah we are back to uh every weekday because the season uh right around the corner your your guys teams are playing as we speak right right now yeah right now How, you have an update that i know when people listen to this again, it'll be over but what, what is it looking like right now if you have uh an update in front of you uh, I don't have nothing. it pulled up. It's is it still one nothing? It's still yeah. one nothing. Uh, but the uh, the savior of the franchise, Yaroslav Askarov, is in net right now. So that's kind of the big thing around Nashville. Okay, yes. let's. You know what? Let's uh, let's start there with uh, the goaltender because, um, you know, Saros, in my opinion, is he's, he's already climbing up the ladder of uh, better goalies in the league. Um, he played a ton last year, didn't he? Like mm-hmm. he, I don't know if he, as far as starting goalies go, if he started the most games. I, yes. He's if he did. Towards the okay. Yep, he did. Yeah. He, yep. Okay. So, is is that relief? I mean, that that's gonna be they got to give him a little bit more relief than they did last year, do they not? Yeah. Well, it probably won't be Askarov, uh, at least this year. He's probably going to start in Milwaukee, but that's okay. So they brought in Kevin Lankinen, who, as we all know, was the Blackhawks kind of go-to guy last year after Marc-Andre Fleury was traded away. Um, And he has looked pretty solid in camp Mm -hmm. so far. And he actually played earlier tonight one of the preseason games had a very strong performance. But that is the Predators' goal, is to try to give UC Saro some relief so he's not having to play 60 to 70 nights yeah. a year. Uh, he can. He's proven he can do that. They would just prefer not to have him do that. The key is, can you find a backup that is going to not lose you games? That was the problem last year. 
when they had David Riddick. The, the, the issue with him was his stats were um, so low that it actually felt like he was costing the Preds some games by being in there. Um, so they want to find you – know, obviously, when you have a backup, you don't need him to have Vezina-level stats. Hmm. But you do want him to go out there and manage a game, you know, pull out those three, two, four, three kind of close wins. That's what they hope they have for Lankinen. But yeah, you feel like if Yaroslav Askarov has a big year in Milwaukee, he'll be in Nashville sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. And him and Saros is a one, two tandem. That's the sugar daddy likes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now here's the thing though. The predators are in an interesting little pickle with goaltending because right now we have UC Saros. They signed Kevin Lankinen. We also have Connor Ingram. We have Yaroslav mm-hmm. Askarov and we have Devin Cooley. So we have goalies out the wazoo, <laughs> but they don't have an ECHL team. So they've got to figure out like, what are they going to do with some of these goaltenders? So it's going to be really interesting to see. And and John Hines is saying in training camp, it's wide open, the backup role, you know, the backup spot. It's wide open, wide open, which okay. they were like, okay, is it really? Or are you just saying that to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of create, some some hype and stuff right. so it's going to be really interesting to see how it all sorts out everybody in nashville is so hungry for yaroslav askarov but it's just not time yet so they just have okay. to be patient so if he did yeah it looks like 67 games mm-hmm. last year what what's more in line that you guys would be more comfortable with so you're not wearing him down as the season goes on the thing about Saros, though, see, this is tricky because Saros is better with repetition. Sure. So he's not going to be somebody that they're – I don't think he's somebody that they're going to try to do, you know, it's not going to be anywhere close to 50-50. It's not going to be right, – I don't know, right, Nick, right. what do you – I mean, it's – they're not – whoever's backing up is not going to get a ton of time in net. Yeah, I mean, it feels like anywhere from 55 to 60 starts. Yeah. Uh, if they mm-hmm. can find a backup that can give Saros that much kind of a rest, I think that's a win for the Predators in the long run. And yeah, like Ann said, obviously Saros gets better the more he plays. We've seen that kind of in the past where he'll have maybe a little bit of a slow start to the season, then really pick it up as he gets more and more starts. Um, I think the key is that you're going to want somebody – late in the season when the Preds have all these back-to-backs. In March, they have back-to-backs, I think, four weekends in a row. So you're going to want a guy Mm. that can kind of come in on that second night with with playoff position on the line and come in there and have a good performance. And I think if you can get that, you're you're looking at what you need to do from a Nashville Predators goaltending management perspective. Now, where Nashville sits right now, um, and mentioned the goalie talent, and I had no, I, I completely forgot you don't have an ECHL team. So you, you have all these goalies sitting there. You have youth and you have some veteran presence. What is Nashville hoping to achieve this year? And would some of those goalies be part of trade packages to achieve that goal either this year or long term? You know, if Connor Ingram is still around, he's not waivers exempt. Uh, So that could possibly be a situation uh, when uh, the roster decisions are shaking out. But if he plays well this preseason, I mean, you guys saw firsthand last year. He showed some stuff in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Sure did. That, that could intrigue a team like, say, the Vegas Golden Knights, who are having dire goaltending issues right now. Maybe you put a trade package together. 
who knows? I, I feel like Askarov is probably untouchable from a trade perspective mm-hmm. unless there is just an absolutely once-in-a-lifetime move that you can potentially make. Um, I feel like the Preds are kind of trending towards making him and Saros a tandem in the next couple of years. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it's possible. I, I would say Ingram's kind of the question mark right now because it doesn't mm. seem like there's a natural fit for him on this team. Um, you know, in obviously Lankanen, you sign him to a one-year, $1.5 million deal, so you kind of want him as your backup if you're paying him that much. And then in the AHL, you have Devin Cooley and you have Askarov, who you're wanting – get a boatload of starts so it seems like he's kind of in limbo right now and yeah i I would say if there was a piece to trade that's probably the one you wanted to make a move for um you look at nashville's roster and kind of like their cap situation and uh, they they don't have a lot after this year uh you know they have their their share but not a ton of uh free agents in either the restricted or unrestricted realm they have a lot of players signed beyond uh, this year and next year. So it's kind of like the, the guys that they have, it's like they're, they believe that this is their, this is their team going forward, unless moves are made obviously here and there. But I mean, do, are you comfortable with the team as it's constructed or do you feel like some of these contracts, whether it's uh, you know this year or two, three, four years from now, could be moved in, in one stage or another because you just look at their cap friendly and uh, a lot of those years out are, are full. So it's like, yeah, th- th- this is our squad. We're, we're kind of running with this. Yeah. They definitely have a long-term financial issue. Yeah. <laughs> if this group does not work out, I mean, they've really put a lot of eggs in a basket. You know, they just re-signed Philip Forsberg for eight years. He's a little bit younger. So that one's not as maybe stressful as some of these other ones are, but you look in, in, the Nashville Predators you see right now, barring some sort of big move, it's the Nashville Predators team for the mm. most part. And you're going to be seeing three seasons from now. So I think David Poyle kind of has all of his eggs in a basket. I think the core group could be pretty good. But he, I mean, there's a lot. They've risked a lot investing in some of these players for as long as they have. So they have to deliver. Like in the next couple of years, those key players they have got to deliver yeah it it kind of felt like a deal like forsberg was sort of a necessary evil to try to keep this Mm -hmm. group together long term i mean the other thing is ann mentioned forsberg 28 still in his prime but then you kind of go down the roster matt duchene 31 ryan johansson Mm -hmm. just turned 30 granlin just turned 30 roman yossi's 32 grand uh or matthias eckholm is 32 Ryan McDonough is 33. So that window, you know, I feel like the moves they made this year, the windows back open a little bit, but Mm -hmm. it's not a very deep window. Like there is definitely seems like there is an expiration date coming from this team soon. Um, And, you know, like, like you said, one or two bad years, all of a sudden you're looking at a pretty miserable cap outlook, but, you know, th- but that's the thing is all these players that I mentioned were so good last year and having career years, and there's not really any signs of them slowing down yet. So that's why it feels like, okay, you know, 
maybe three, four years down the row, it's an issue, but at least for the next couple of years, we're set. Mm -hmm. Okay. So does this put Nashville for this upcoming season? Are they more of a heartbreaker or a note taker? for the future are they going to put teams out of the playoffs are they going to actually like keep the receipts and come back around and haunt somebody i think we're still recovering from heartbreak okay the voldemort of which we do not speak so there we're still coming off of that but i do think the team is going to be better this year um we talked about this on our episode uh that we did earlier, Nick and I were talking about Matt Duchesne had a really interesting comment um, at training camp and, and it kind of made us go, huh? But Matt Duchesne said, it's a good thing that we lost the way that we did. Like that it's a good thing that we exited the playoffs the way that we did, because here's, you know, and he said point blank, we were not a Stanley cup winning team. You know, we could have made it to the second round. We could have made it in theory to the third round. We were not going to be able to win the Stanley Cup. And when you lose in the first round in a sweep to the Stanley Cup champions the way that you do, that's a harsh light that was shined on the Nashville Predators. And so they've had to take a really hard look at like, hey, what are we, who are we really? What are we really capable of? You see all the flaws. And so they've done some things to address that. And I think that the team that you're going to see has the potential to be better. And and look, this team is under pressure to get out of the first round of the playoffs. They've been stuck there since the Stanley Cup finals. And that's just not going to cut it anymore. So there's a lot of pressure, especially I think on GM David Poyle. You got to show something different. And, and I think the team had a real harsh look at what they brought to the table last season. And, and they've got to address it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a silver lining in everything. So I completely understand where he's coming from that. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can use it one of two ways. You can sulk about it and say, like, yeah, we're just not good enough. Or you can use it as motivation. Like, mm-hmm. look what Tampa Bay did. Everybody always goes back to that. They got swept. They were the number one team in the league. They got swept. And then they rattle off to Stanley Cups in a row. Like, so you have to. You have to find things and, and use it. Uh, to your advantage. So I completely understand what he's saying by that. And I agree with him. So my grandmother would say, put hairs, it it put hairs on your chest uh, (laughs) when you you go through something like, you know what I mean? So, Oh yeah. um, uh, I always like when we do these crossovers to find out kind of some prospects that are uh, up and coming, probably playing right now as we speak. Is there, is there any that are, are ready to go maybe to claim a roster spot for this year? Yeah, well, one guy that I have absolutely loved this camp. I don't know if he's going to earn a roster spot like coming out of camp, but he's somebody that may make an impact in the NHL this year. Yuso Parsonen. Now, he's yes. a guy that a lot of people haven't really talked about the last couple of years, obviously because there's an Askarov out there and then Luke Evangelista. A lot of people have overlooked Yuso Parsonen. He has had a very impressive camp. Now, he is a bigger guy, uh, 6'4", 6'5", uses his size and speed very well, plays a very good 200-foot game. Um, Almost, you know, I'm trying to think, like, almost, you know, Blake Wheeler-like in just, like, the way he approaches, you know, a bigger guy, but with a lot of speed and a lot of skill. Um, It can kind of use his build to do a lot of different things. And he's already got a pretty good 200-foot game. 
Um, I would not be surprised if he is in the NHL at some point this year. And once he is, I don't see him going back to Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that once he's here, he's going to earn his spot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The other, you know, we've talked real quick about Yaroslav Askarov. This kid is incredible in net and he is not just incredible in net, just his personality. This is one of the most endearing people you will ever meet. Like all you want to do is like bake cookies and take him home (laughs) because he's just so, he is so happy to be playing and, just has really won over the city. So this is a name I think that's going to be around in the NHL coming up. Another one that has kind of popped out at camp that the Predators just signed is Kiefer Sherwood, who is a sassy, zesty. Oh, he is sassy and zesty. We are loving him. We know that name, Kyle. Mm -hmm. We sure do. Yeah. Yeah. He he came up a a number of times last year and played for the Oz and and played well. Thank you. You did one nice yeah. thing for us. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah he, he, he's a workhorse. He's uh, he'll make a name for himself there. Yeah. Is, is yes. he, he kind of like a uh, on the bubble type of guy? Like could could make the team? He, could be sent down or what? He's somebody. I think he's got a, a two way deal, if I'm not mistaken. But he okay. looks like he's battling for that fourth line role, like kind of like the fourth line, uh, like auxiliary winger sort of role um, or spare forward. He's looked very good. And the important thing is, and I guess you guys know, he plays the way that John Hines wants the Predators to play. You know, he's a physical guy, not afraid to forecheck, not afraid to kind of get into the dirty areas of the ice. That's exactly how the Predators can want to play. And, you know, as we saw last year with uh, your minor league team, the Eagles, he's got a little bit of a scoring pop. So With the right combination on that bottom pair, I think he could be a good fit coming out of camp as, you know, making the Preds opening night roster and mm-hmm. being somebody that works there on that, uh, at that, uh, the bottom forward line. Wow. Yeah. When, when you brought it up, I was like, oh no, they figured it out. That's a perfect <laughs> fit for what Nashville's putting oh. together. So, yeah. Yeah. He's been incredible. I mean, incredible in training camp. Incredible. I want him back. No, no, uh, no, no. Yeah. You owe us. We got enough. You owe us. Yeah. We're good. We, 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 we can, we yeah. can replace him. I don't mean that in a mean way, but uh, I have to make myself feel better. We, we can make a trade straight. if you want. Yeah. Do you guys have like uh, a Norris caliber defenseman? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want Peter Forsberg again? <laughs> yeah, right. Look. It was the Flyers. I mean, we can swap goalies if you want. Uh, so, yeah. Oh yeah, you guys, you guys could have Kevin Lankinen. <laughs> That's not the one I was talking about. Uh, all right, let's hear from Bet Online, and then we'll kind of flip the script here. Uh, BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info for this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchup news, podcasts, and in-depth articles. And analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. That's betonline.net. That's where the game starts. Okay, our Predator friends, uh, I know you um, probably have some itching questions on uh, what to expect from 
our defending yeah. championship. I'm trying to draw this out as long That's as I can, uh, just to remind you. It hurts no matter how long <laughs> yeah. or short you say. Yeah. <laughs> well, as, as somebody who was unaware that you guys won the cup last year, again, like I, sure. like after I'm we here to inform you, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, after yeah. we went up 4 nothing on the Coyotes, I kind of tuned out. I thought everything else was good from there on out. Um, but, you know, if a team that you followed happened to win the Stanley Cup, like I guess my notes say, I guess <laughs> it would be a very difficult thing to win it in back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. Now, let's let's say this team happened to lose a couple of key guys, like a Nassim Kadri you know, 80 plus point score, uh, a guy like Andre Burkowski, who I know like talking with you guys, you know, he's kind of up and down tenure with the avalanche, but still very productive. Those are two very big holes in the forward core. So from that perspective, how do you replace them and still fire on all cylinders like you guys were last year? Uh, I think the short answer is uh, for at least Nazem Kadri, you can't. Really, you can't replace them, and there's no sugarcoating it. It's just, it's going to be a glaring uh, hole that he has left. And yeah, when you couple it with Burakovsky, we've had our issues with Andre Burakovsky, but he, he's such a likable guy. And he's such like, you, you, I mean, the talent is there, and you just rode the wave with him. Um, and when he was hot, he was hot. When he was cold, you just hoped it didn't last as, as long as it usually would last. Um, but those two guys, that's a lot of offense that's yeah. no longer there. So, yeah, it's very real. I think people are hurting more, uh, obviously, over the Nazem Kadri thing because he was brought in to fill a massive hole on the second line, um, and now he is gone, and that hole is back. There's there's yeah. no way around it. So they're, they're, they have, uh, you know, some ideas. It's just we got to see how it plays out. It it could be Evan Rodriguez. Uh, Early signs say it's between Evan Rodriguez and Alex Newhook. Um, A lot of people are throwing JT Comfer in that mix as well. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, And if it's Newhook, it's just you hope he takes a massive step. I think it's a little bit too much to ask of him right now. Um, I think it's going the way of Evan Rodriguez um, because he had a, a good season last year, by far his best ever. So, yeah, you would hope that he can continue that on a, a good team like the Avalanche. Yeah, and I and to piggyback on what Chris is saying, like Nick brought up the Eagles earlier with how the Avalanche have been constructed for the past couple of years. The Eagles have been kind of stuck there and stagnant for a little while. So to be a defending champion with losing those two key pieces, you kind of want to see the younger names of the Avalanche step up. You, you can't replace what Nas brought to this team and I've said it time and time again even Nas this year can't replicate what he brought last year even to Calgary Mm. so you're asking a lot for everybody else to step up and it makes it challenging going into this year because with all the additions and subtractions in the division there really hasn't been a power shift so it's still the Avalanche's division to lose so you're you're really trying to make this like it's, it's firing the guys up, and you're really challenging yourself to step up and fill that role. So talking about moves in the offseason, I think it's really interesting, the whole goaltending situation that 
you know, the moves that y'all made. Talk about that. Like, how is that going to impact the team? Darcy Kemper gone, you know, brought in Gorgiev. I mean, how do you feel mm -hmm. about this? What's what's the what's the thinking behind this and how is it going to pay off? Uh, people who listen to our show know we are on two different sides of this right now. I, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to bring Darcy Kemper back. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I was the, the Georgiev thing. I think they just gave up a little bit too much for him for a big question mark. It is what it is, but I think that's a risk that they're willing to take. Uh, they kind of feel like we have an elite defense really on all three pairings. And yeah. if we can get Darcy Kemper, like, production from uh, an up-and-coming goalie, they'll be happy with that. There, it's a risk. It's definitely mm -hmm. a risk. I, I would just like to be more solid um, in net. You always want to be, but especially coming off of a Stanley Cup championship season. So you don't want the goalie situation to kind of be a question mark. And it just – it flat is right now. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not – you know, I, I I am rooting for him. He he wears the avalanche colors. I, I, I want him to be successful. And I'm not, you know, jumping on the bandwagon after a preseason game, but he did like he did look pretty good in in one half of a game. He came out right around the 10 minute mark in the second period. But uh, there were things there that he did in those 30 minutes. They're like, OK, like if you can do that for the duration of a season, which he hasn't proven that he can do yet, just because he hasn't been given the opportunity playing behind an all world goalie. Um then okay, I can see where we're going with this, uh, but until he does it, um, I'm, I'm going to be holding my breath. I, Kyle, on the other hand, yeah, it's <laughs> it's a drama going. Yeah, it's it's never been Grubauer. It's never been Darcy Kemper. It's never been your gift. They have their starter there, and his name is Pavel Francouz, and he <laughs> continues to get looked over. Um, yeah. I've when. Darcy was on his way out. I started celebrating because I figured this was finally Frankie's chance to shine. Mm -hmm. And Yorgiev came in. And like Chris said, he looked good in that one game for the 10 minutes in that second period. But like, it's Frankie's job. And I have, I still hold on to that feeling that it's going to be Frankie's job by the end of the year. And I feel like it's his time to shine. Like, and honestly, for two hosts of, a show for one team to complain about two goalies and who deserves the spot. It's a great position to be in. Yeah. And, and, and like they wanted uh, Darcy Kemper back. And I think like that was very early in the uh, free agency period. Like they had a conversation with him and he basically was like, I, you know, I'm, I'm moving. I think he signed, let me bring it up right now with for 5.25, right? Uh, AAV with the Capitals. Yes. Um, yeah, right around right there. And the Avs went and got Georgiev for 3.4. So another, you know, million and chain, million and a half, a little bit more than that. So this is all before Nazem Kadri stuff is happening and they're trying to save every dollar they can because they did want to bring him back. Um, so now that that didn't happen, are the Avalanche looking back saying like, you know, I, I wish we could have kept Kemper? You can't play that like hindsight is twenty twenty thing because the way that things happen, the Kemper situation happened so early in free agency where the the Kadri thing happened so much later. You can't, they, they couldn't have signed him. I get that. But uh, the way that things played out, 
Uh, now, uh, after Kadri signed, they could have. They had the money to do it to keep Kemper, but it wasn't going to happen because he, he's got to he's got to go somewhere. He's got to sign somewhere. So it's like this is what they're left with. They're left with with uh, you know a, a very very good backup goalie and an unproven starter. Mm-hmm. Not where I particularly want to be, but uh, I, I we say it all the time. You trust Joe Sakic, you trust Chris McFarland that they know what they're doing. Um, and so far they have. And who am I, a dude that hosts a podcast, to question that? So, so you do think it's going to be more of a Yorgiev takes it over and not maybe more of a 50-50 split or maybe 55-45, that kind of thing? Um, I, well, the thing, the, the thing with Georgiev was he, the reason why he never got into a rhythm is because he's, he was the backup. Mm-hmm. So why would they bring right. him over yeah. to the Avalanche to do that same exact thing where he's shown that he struggles a little bit when he does that? I think in the beginning, it's all him. Um, he's going to get the majority of the starts. I don't know how long it's going to go. I think it's just going to be like last year, unfortunately, for Pablo Fransos. It was Darcy Kemper all the time, and then Fransos came in and spelled him on the necessary games. So I don't think they're going to overwork him. Um, but if he falters, if they give him as many opportunities as possible and he falters, they got no problem putting Pablo Francos in there for a few games. I don't know if that'll mean Francos will take it over. I think it might be he just, you know, Georgiev might need a rest, but they have, they have the option to do that. Um, but if it happens, people are going to be like, why did we give up? So, and, yeah. and you've signed him for a multi-year deal. Uh, if it doesn't work out, it'll be one of the few things that haven't worked out in the Joe Sackett GM era. Uh, but it, so I don't know. It's it, that that's yeah. you throw your hands up and say, we'll see. Genuinely, that's what you have to do. Yeah. yeah. One uh, one quick player uh, I also want to ask about uh, somebody very near and dear to uh, to Nashville fans heart. That's Sammy Gerard. Uh, obviously, yes. sadly, uh, sadly, we didn't get a good look at him in the postseason last year because of uh, his injury. Yeah. But you know, it seems like he's kind of in an interesting spot. You know, he's got a lot of uh, a lot of years left on his deal. Uh, looks like at least five years left, five million per. Maybe some cap issues for you guys coming up in the next couple of years. And you got McCarr, you've got Bowen Byron coming up, you got Devin Tays. Do you still see Gerard? having a long-term fit on this team or do you think he's going to wind up maybe being a cap casualty maybe a candidate to be moved somewhere it's a very good question um i just want to start by saying i absolutely love sam gerard uh he's one of my favorite players on the team had a down year last year no no ifs ands or buts about that but um they they love him and the the there was a lot of talk of, oh, he could be traded. And I think from the Avalanche point of view, they never entertained that. Um, yeah. Because if, if that was what they needed to get a Nazem Kadri deal done, they would have done it. And it would have been easy to move him because there would have been a lot of teams that want him. Oh, yeah. Um, so the fact that they didn't do it, and they and you heard whispers of, like, they had no interest in doing it. But, yeah, like, if they have to move him at some point it's not going to be like performance based it's gonna be revolved around money and you're right they have some guy like they're you know they have a steal right now with devon taves so that's going on for a couple more years and then right you have bo byram you got to sign you have alex newhook you have to sign 
So there's some signings that need to come up. The 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 increase in cap can't get here soon enough for the the Avalanche. Yeah. So uh, I they're gonna have to maybe get a little bit creative, but it's a very real thing where they might have to lose a, a player or two, depending on who they want to sign. I think you know you absolutely want to keep Taves around. Um. So yeah, if they do have to cut ties with him it's just going to be because the money doesn't work it's not going to be because they don't like him and they don't like how he's performing yeah and uh, coming back from that injury he's really got to get back into that old sammy g um if it's more of what we saw before he was injured it's going to be a really hard case to keep him around um because he was that scapegoat when things were looking kind of rocky um whenever something went wrong it was we got to trade sammy g and get this insert player name here um, he has to come back and be that Sam Gerard of old, or it's going to be a hard case to make. Like, with you have Bo Byram on the rise and EJ coming into the swan song of his career, yeah. like he's 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 going to be that target on the roster. When you look at cap and production, it's going to be hard to make a case for him if he doesn't come back and be old Sam Sam Gerard. Mm-hmm. All right, so looking at the Central Division, let's just own it. Let's just put it out there. Is there really anybody that's going to challenge Colorado? And you can you can just say it out loud. <laughs> well, go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead. Colorado. <laughs> the injury gonna... bug. The injury <laughs> bug was a problem for Colorado last year, but you had veteran presence of like Nas and Berkey, like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. This is a younger team that really hasn't had to experience overcoming that injury problem and a whole team that has never had to defend the Stanley cup. Mm. So yeah, they, they also have that weight they have to carry. So honestly, like it's not to sound cocky. The only people Mm -hmm. to get in the way of Colorado is Colorado and how they deal with the season with that title on their back. And you mentioned the injuries and it's, it's already starting. Uh, Mm -hmm. Gabe Landeskog is going to be out to start the season. They didn't, they don't know how long, but he's going to miss a few games to start the season. Uh, Nichuskin might. They're hoping that he can be ready for game one, but they're not sure. So it's already started. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the injury bug. Um, they, they, I mean, they ended the regular season last year. What was it? Kyle? They lost like six games in a row or something. Like, yeah, it was, was in it, hand. It was but, really bad. But they, they ended really the regular bad. season poorly. And it's not how you want to go season. into, you, yeah, you, it's not how you want to go into the postseason, but, um, they ended the regular season on a down note. So it looked like the, the, in the standings, they had 119 and I think the wild had 113. So it looked a little bit closer than it actually was. I think that might actually be a reality this year. I don't think, I mean, yeah, I do think the Avalanche will finish first in the division, but I don't feel like they're going to run away with it. Um, kind of like they did last year. I still think they'll win it by maybe five or six points, but um, I think it's going to be a much more, uh, competitive division at the top, and and I I don't. Do you guys subscribe to the Athletic or no? Yes. Okay. So have you seen like those team previews that they're doing right now? They're yeah. doing one a day, um, and the one that they came out with today was number seventeen, and that was St. Louis Blues. Yes. Nobody's I, talking about them. Which I yeah, thought was it, it, was pretty it's... low for them, and and Nashville's not on there yet. They haven't done the Nashville season or hmm. season preview yet. Yeah. So, and I'm loving those things, by the way. They're just so much loaded with information. I absolutely look forward to them every single morning. But 
Nashville is just one of those teams that's always a problem for me. Yeah. Like they, 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 no matter how good or bad they, well, when they're good, obviously they're a problem. No matter how bad, which is rarely, uh, they still seem to give teams fits. You have a great uh, goaltender. You know, you have some superstars on this team. Uh, what do you, what do you guys think? Where, where is Nashville ending up in this division this year? Well, that was actually what I was going to ask you guys was how close do you think we are to you? Um, and, you know, and I'll, I'll say my piece on Nashville first. The thing mm-hmm. about Nashville is, you know, regardless of where you rank them and everything like that, they got better in mm-hmm. the offseason. And that's not something a lot of teams in the Central Division can say. You know, especially towards the top, you know, look at Minnesota Wild lost Kevin Fiala, who was a big part of their team. St. Louis Blues, you know, didn't really lose anybody, but really didn't gain anybody either. Nashville was one of the few teams that went out and actually addressed a couple of their big holes that they had last season. They brought in Nino Niederreiter. They brought in Ryan McDonough. And to me, you know, they went out and actually made themselves better. And that is making them kind of an intriguing pick. Now, for the record, I don't see them pushing like Colorado as, you know, the juggernaut of the Central Division. For the record, I agree with you. I think it's Colorado's division to lose. But, you know, Nashville's now in a position where, you know, they may not be the runaway favorite, but like you said, they always seem to be in everybody's way. They always seem to cause chaos. They can easily be one of those teams that, hey, they get hot at the right time. UC Soros stays hot. A couple other teams stumble, have injury issues. For some reason, they don't match up well. They can be that kind of, huh, how they get their team hmm. that gets into the second, third round, maybe pushes towards a cup. Yeah, I think a central division is going to be crazy because, again, you've got Colorado and, you know, that – that's the team. But then where are these other teams going to shake out? Like St. Louis, a lot of people aren't really talking about St. Louis. And yet, you know, where are they going to end up? Minnesota, kind of a question mark. How are they going to adjust? Like you said, Nick, without Kevin Fiala, the Predators, you know, they added some pieces. How quickly can that pay off? Like the Central Division is going to be fascinating, I think, to watch. Could be painful for Nashville, but I think it's going to be interesting. I'm looking up where they're playing one another. Um, I see. Okay, there's one in November, so right around Thanksgiving. I think that's it's the I think day that's after Friday. Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think the last game before the Christmas break. Christmas. Yep. Which before, okay. the Predators have had some big history with uh, the game right before Christmas break. Ooh, do tell. Yeah. Dating all the way back to 1998, the snowstorm game against the two-time cup champion Red Wings. The Predators beat them 5-2, at, or I'm sorry, 5-3 at what was then Nashville Arena. Kind of the first big win in franchise history. You flash forward a couple of years later, uh, they went to Madison Square Garden, got a big win. Yeah, even thinking back to last year, remember they the COVID kind of shortened things early, but one of our last games was the weird COVID game against you guys. Oh, wow. Just that was everybody crazy. was seemed to be missing from that game. But it was a wacky game that we wound up winning. And there always seems to be a little magic in the last game uh, before Christmas for the Predators. So that is one I have circled. 
Oh, that was the the overtime three on three uh, when they called. I think was it too, too many, many men, men for was the. Was that one or no? Was that yes. one? I think it was the January one, wasn't it? Yeah, that one was the the too many men was our only blemish in January. That's right. Um, that was in January. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the December the one before, is. Yeah, the, that's well, we had, had uh, JJ. Yeah. Coming after uh coming onto the ice ten minutes into the game after his test. Because everybody was testing in the halls, and we, like, they didn't even have all the referees yeah. dressed for that game. Yeah, yeah we didn't have yeah. any of our coaching staff. All of mm -hmm. our Milwaukee coaching staff had to coach that game. That game was they were dropping like flies. Yeah, they yeah. were falling out. <laughs> yeah, Colton Sissons had like twenty-eight minutes of ice time. Oh my game. goodness! <laughs> yeah. Everyone for it was, it was an absolute mess for everybody. Yeah. So yeah, there's two in November actually. The early mm -hmm. game, early November. Uh, yeah, and then Black Friday, and then there's the other one before Christmas. Um, so like, I, it, it could have been one of those things. I, I was looking at the schedule because I was wondering, like, if it's like a late, you know, April, early April game, late in the season, like, could how much meaning would that have? It's nice when you see those two teams go up together that are maybe vying for something like, you know, jockeying for position or something like that. But, um, yeah, I think I, I, I really do feel like Nashville is that team that, um, people aren't really paying attention to there, there's a, there's a couple of those teams that go out through, throughout the league. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are always looking at like who signed like the sexy free agent and stuff like that. Nashville just went out and, and took care of business and, and mm -hmm. filled, filled holes where they needed to fill holes. I think they're a solid team. I, I really, really do. And I think that they're going to, you know, they're going to compete for the division. I think the, the avalanches are, are strong enough to win it again, but, don't sleep on Nashville. And I hate saying that, but uh, they're, I think, you know, they, they, they kind of took some steps back in the past couple of years, but they're coming back in, you know, full force. And, and I think they're going to be a, a team to be reckoned with this year. I genuinely, genuinely feel that way. Yeah. I would not be surprised to see you guys landing in that second spot in the central, no. depending on how you start right out of the gate. It would not shock me at all. No. Nope. So, yeah. We shall see. Uh, season's right around the corner, and uh, you know this, that's what I love about this division. No matter when you go up against any team, it's it's always entertaining. And do you guys have a, a like an, a feel of what your reverse retro is going to be this year, or have they not leaked anything yet? There hasn't been any leaks, but actually, I don't know how much validity there is to this. But somebody on Twitter tonight yes a picture Ooh. from the team shop of a t-shirt featuring the mustard colored jersey logo remember that bad boy from oh back in the day? yeah oh, the, with boy. the saber tooth tiger that looks like it had jaundice and all that jerseys of all yeah. time there yeah, is a t-shirt with that logo that was reportedly being sold at bridgestone arena so maybe that's the okay. direction they're going with. See, that's what I want. I, like, uglier the better. I, oh, like, well, you, we are here you, for you. Got you. It. <laughs> well, it's like, like it's, they're it. making the comeback now. Yeah, like the yeah. Uh, like uh, the the Vancouver Canucks, like black and orange. Oh, like loved it. That's the loved big it. thing. People on, people on the island want to bring the fisherman jersey back. Have to. You know, it was like universally to. hated. Like yep. it's it's all these like ugly jerseys from the nineties and two thousands are making a comeback. Let me tell you, it's gonna be another five years before the Buffalo Slug makes an appearance in <laughs> Buffalo. It's gotta be. That's the way it's trending. 
Oh man. Well, they got to announce these things soon. I mean, the season's right around the corner. I haven't heard when they're going to announce these things, but uh, I always look forward to stuff like that. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what the abs do and what the predators do. And uh, as far as the season goes, I think we're in for a good treat with uh, both our teams. So uh, we'll, we'll meet up at some point during the season and kind of do a check-in and uh, maybe see where our teams stand around the trade deadline or something like that and uh, maybe any some acquisitions that either of our teams need for a playoff push yeah. sound like a plan oh yeah oh, we'll, see. Right. we'll be seeing you guys again all right awesome uh thank you everybody for tuning in and uh, once again making this your first listen of the day for and kimmel and nick morgan of locked on predators i'm chris maselli along with my co-host mr kyle shaggy von doom sullivan locked on abs and uh thank you guys always fun All right. See you guys tomorrow. See you guys. Go, Abs, go.